most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family. Never forgetting where we came from. bad that's why you're here isn't it that's why you're here that's why you're rolling with the d because you want to be a billionaire so bad how's it going everybody you're in the house you're in the place to be you're now rolling with the d coming to you live from studio 1.0 how's everybody doing you know tonight it's devil's night Why is it Devil's Night? Because this is the night before Halloween. This is the night when all the little bad kids go out and they throw eggs at your house when you turn out your lights. So keep your lights on tonight, folks. It's going down. Where I'm from, it's called Devil's Eve. So it's on Halloween Eve. What's that mean? It's October 30th, 2014. It's 10 o'clock on the dot. I'm Sunny D. I'm your host. You're here. You're live. You're in a place to be. Got a great show for you guys tonight. Really excited. Going to talk to you about being a billionaire tonight. And that's where we're opening with our, with our little Travi McCoy with some Bruno Mars. I want to be a billionaire. That's the song. If you think about that song, when you hear it, you know, he's talking about being a billionaire. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. So I want to talk to you guys tonight about that, and I want to introduce you to the show. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to Rolling with the D, hashtag RWTD. Why do we do this show? Why do we come to you five nights a week, Monday through Friday? You could be in a bunch of places. I mean, tonight LeBron James is making his debut back in Cleveland, where he started, came to Miami, picked up a couple championships there. Things weren't working out. Went back home. The place where they burned his jersey when he left. So now he's back home. Why aren't you watching him? Why are you rolling with the D? Why are you watching this show? And I'll tell you why you're watching this show. You're watching this show because you want to get out of the rat race. You're watching this show because you want something more for your life. You want something more for your career. You want to learn about the business that you're in. Now, if you're a beauty professional... If you're a cosmetologist, if you're a whatever business you're in, do you know that you're in a business? Are you just existing? Are you just going there, punching the clock, coming home, going back, punching the clock, coming home? Are you looking for opportunities, looking for seizing the day, seizing the business that you're in? So we're heating things up over here in the studio, ready to rock and roll, talk to you about that. And rolling with the D, what are we doing here? We're hacking the bob. We say hacking the bob, the business of beauty. I'm a cosmetologist by trade, but I'm an entrepreneur by profession. That's my DNA. I'm an entrepreneur looking at ways I can grow and expand, not only through monetary ways, but just grow and expand in every direction. 
And so I'm bringing you things to get your mind moving, to give you some mental exercise, to give you some mental aerobics so you can bust out. You can be what you're supposed to become. You can be what you've always wanted to be. And if it's a billionaire, then I'm going to talk to you tonight and maybe give you just a different slant. This is just my slant, my view on, on some of the things through research, through gathering information. And I came across some pretty interesting stuff about billionaires. So we're going to talk to you about that tonight. If you want to call in, if you're a billionaire already, we'd love to hear from you. You can validate or or discredit the information you're going to hear tonight. And if you're on your road to become a billionaire, maybe you're a millionaire right now. Maybe you're a hundred thousand air. Maybe you're a dollar millionaire. Maybe you haven't even got on a journey yet. So it's it's all good wherever you're at. But right now. You're rolling with the D. And I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for all the love we've been getting on our Ustream channel. We're racking up the views coming in on a thousand so far views from the channel on various shows that we had. We've already pumped out 15 episodes. So we're watching the metrics, watching the statistics grow. If you've missed episodes, we have the full archive on the channel. If you haven't, got on the episodes there. You might also go on to the YouTube and you can find them on there. You can find them on the Twitter. You can find them on the Facebook. Uh, you can find them where else? You can find them all over the internet. Anywhere on the social mediums. want you to take a, a look at the material and the archives that we're building up for you. So we come to you five nights a week to do this show. Excited to be in the studio, excited to be here in Tampa in October. It's short weather out here. So if you're coming from maybe a different coast or a different city, I already heard some cities it's like bundle up weather. We're still in short weather. I can't believe it. So tomorrow's Halloween. What are you going to be for Halloween? We're coming in tomorrow. You never know what you might see tomorrow night. You might see us dressed up. You might not even recognize the rolling with the D set. We might trick this whole thing out tomorrow night. You might see some bodies laying around the studio tomorrow night. But we're excited because that's one of our favorite, you know, favorite holidays of the year for hairstyles. We get to do all kinds of crazy stuff. If you guys haven't checked out our Facebook page, beginning of the week we had a makeup party for Motives by Lauren Reidinger. We got to do some incredible makeup. We had some zombie-inspired makeup. We had some sugar skull-inspired makeup. We had some leopard print inspired makeup, all kinds of really cool stuff. So we got pictures on our Facebook page. You can check that out at facebook.com forward slash the salon 1.0 if you haven't seen any of that. We do those shows at the salon on the fourth Monday of every single month so we can help share and help spread the word about motives by Lauren Reidinger, the hottest cosmetics in the cosmetic industry right now, taking over the internet. Make sure you follow Motives Cosmetics on Instagram at Motives Cosmetics. And make sure you're following us at PM the Salon using the hashtag RWTD. So what's going on? What's going on in the world? We already know LeBron's back. You're here. It's Thursday night. What else is happening? We got football going on tonight. What else is happening around the world? Nothing new, right? Ebola's still out there. Old Ebola. Old Ebola. Nothing really happening there. We've got, you know, the symptoms. We're talking about the symptoms. We're talking about that before the show. So the symptoms are identical to the flu. So pretty much everybody's got Ebola, it seems like, right now. Because we're coming into flu season. That's convenient. 
So I'm sure that you're going to make a premium at your walk-in clinics and your doctor's office because the minute you sneeze, like, oh, you got Ebola? You got Ebola? Heard somebody sneeze. I was on an elevator and a guy, a person sneezed and the person next to me like looked like they were about to like, you know, wet their pants. They like, they're just looking at them like, uh, like they just sneeze. Like they're trying to like look at me like I'm going to look. All I said was, I said, bless you. I mean, that's what I was taught. I wasn't taught to like clutch your purse and, you know, cover up and somebody sneezes. I mean, what, what's going to, if I'm going to die from a sneeze and, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I'm going to go. That's the way I'm going to go. So that's what's going on. Nothing else. Nothing else. Things are moving forward. We're, you know, we're in the, on the brink of, of November. It's, what's November? It's the, the big day. Turkey Day's coming up. Lots of football going on. Lots of potential distractions. The NBA season's starting back up. Everybody's excited. Steve Ballmer, former CEO of Microsoft, who bought the LA Clippers, you know, the team that had the guy that was, you know, racist as, as racist can get and got caught making some comments. They kicked his ass out of there, and then Steve Ballmer comes in, buys a team. He's fired up. You know, he's like, I'm going to turn this thing around. So he's all pumped. So we've got some, but we got some billionaires. So he's a billionaire. You know, what did he do? He bought a sports team. Another billionaire, Mark Cuban, my man, Shark Tank. We've talked about him on the show before. You know, another billionaire. He owns the Dallas Mavericks NBA team. So the billionaires, are, they're doing it. You know, they look pretty happy, man. They've got big smiles ear to ear. Now, is it because they own sports franchises or is it because they're, they're billionaires? You know, because I know a lot of people, I've, I mean, I've thought about it. Have you? You're lying if you say you haven't. What would it be like? What would it be like to be a billionaire? What would you do? You know, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about, you know, there's a, the psychology behind it, because a lot of times, if you, if you hadn't catched the episode about, you know, the, the myths about money, I want you to go back, and I want you to watch that episode, because there's a lot of myths about money, and a lot of times, it's very easy for us to think that that's going to be the solution to all of our problems. You know, we try to identify your problems, and they think, well, I just had... You know, I've just had this money. Because what happens is if you get on that trail, then, you know, enough is never enough, right? Because you might have little money right now, so you have little money problems. Maybe you have 100 bucks, you have $100 problems. Then you have $1,000, and you have $1,000 problems. And as you, as you move up, as you move up the, the ladder and you get to 100000 right? Then you have $100,000 problems. Then you get to a million you got million dollar problems, then what do you think is going to happen at a billion? What do you think? You're going to get to a billion and all your problems are just going to go away? Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Think about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to also, tonight I'm going to go over, I'm going to give you a list of you know, where people started because a lot of people think you got to be born into money. Well, I've got I've got a list of billionaires who all started off dirt poor. I'm going to give you that list tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about them, where they're at. But being a billionaire, is it all that it's cracked up to be? That's what we're talking about tonight. We're in the place to be. So I want you to think about this. You know, if you look back, you know, I was reading an awesome book. It's called Smart Cuts. If you haven't seen this book or read this book, Smart Cuts by a guy named Shane Snow. Incredible book. But what the book is about... It's perfect for this show. It's perfect for our audience because we're hacking the Bob. And that book is about how hackers and innovators and icons accelerate success. Now, I thought he needs to be on the show. 
So we're working on that. We're going to get Shane Snow, and we're going to get an interview. We're going to get, we're going to get him on the Rolling With The D Show. But as I was reading the book, you know, it's a brand new book, just came out. Smart Cuts is the name of the book. I was like blown away by some of the ideology and, and the thought process behind it. I'm like, man, this is material for hacking the bob, hacking the business of beauty. This material needs to be on our show. So I was, as I was going through, you know, doing some research, looking into this, this topic for tonight about billionaires, some of the things that, that I discovered in the process. You know, if you, if you go back to the 90s, so late, you know, 1990s, what happened in the late 1990s? Do you remember? What was there a big boom? Where was the boom? What was invented in the 90s? Babies. 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 Oh, wow. The internet, right? CDs. Yeah, see, okay, CDs. Well, we got my, I got my crew here, you know, my live studio audience. We got Pat Man, you know, executive producer behind the, behind the wheels of steel over there. Jenna's in the house, so, you know, we're, we're trying, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, you know, ask questions and get answers, and I'm getting nothing here, guys. I'm getting nothing. So the late 90s, right? So the 90s, what happened? The, the birth of the internet. And then what happened? What did it do? It created thousands and thousands and thousands of millionaires, which seemed like overnight. And it created a handful of billionaires out there in a place called Silicon Valley. Now, I'm getting ready to head out there. I'm going to go visit the Facebook headquarters in a couple weeks. But that's out there. What else is out there? Apple's out there. A lot of the big tech companies, Google, all those big tech companies are out there. And Silicon Valley, because of the material silicone that makes the microchips that can store all the information, the microprocessors. So that's how it got the name Silicon Valley, because they're made out of silicon. So in the 90s with the internet... You know, it creates these thousands and thousands of millionaires and a handful of billionaires. Now, when you think about the entrepreneurs, right, the risk takers, the desperados, the cowboys, the people like you and me, the ones who are able to ride that wave, you know, early, and they got out before what happened? What happened, what happened right around that uh, 2000? They called it the dot-com bubble, right? And you, and you remember when it burst? So you want you to think about this first wave of entrepreneurs they are riding in and they bailed out before the crash. Before the crash, then they, what did they find themselves? They found themselves filthy rich, right? They were millionaires, a few billionaires. Now, I want you to think about these guys. Entrepreneurs. You know if you're an entrepreneur, you work half days. Isn't that awesome? That's one of the, the things I love most about being an entrepreneur is I get to work half days. Now, before you get carried away, I want you to understand there's 24 hours in a day. So a half day is a 12-hour day. So you pick which half, but you can work half days as an entrepreneur. Sign up here. So think about this. So you got guys that went from working you know, 80-hour work weeks that got out of that, that little wave just in time before the the bubble burst where a lot of people lost their, lost their shirts. They got out, and what position did they find themselves in? They found themselves in a position where, guess what? Um, I was, I'm used to working 80-hour work weeks, and now I, I don't have to work at all, ever, if I don't want to, because that's how much money that these guys made during that whole burst. So the millionaires... You think about the millionaires, one of the things that Shane was talking about was, you know, for them, you know, if they had smart financial planning, if they hooked up with guys like Delusion Co., and they had smart GPS on their, on their finances, they got in a nice position where they would be able to live comfortably, live a nice life, you know, be able to pursue new things, but pretty much be set forever. These are the millionaires. Now, billionaires, 
It's a whole different story for these guys. When you make a billion dollars, you know, when you make a billion dollars, so you went to 100 million, 200 million, 300 million, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. So now you're at a billion dollars. It's a whole different ball game for you as a billionaire. If you think about a billionaire, you could take baths and champagne every single day. You know, you could eat caviar every single day. You could buy a new car. If you're a billionaire, you could pretty much buy a new high-end luxury vehicle every day for, for probably the rest of your life. That's the kind of position some of these guys were in. You couldn't deplete, they couldn't deplete their, they couldn't deplete their money if they wanted to. Because the amount of, the amount of money that they had was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I want you to think about that. A billion, a billionaire. That's the kind of people that we're talking about here. So when you think about this, what do you do when you go from, when you're used to working 80 hours a week trying to build a company, trying to do something, and all of a sudden you strike it big and you become a billionaire, what do you do? What do you find yourself doing? And that's the position that these guys were in. The position where they realize no matter what they do, there's no way they're going to be able to spend this money before they die. They won't even be able to spend part of it in their lifetime. There's no way. It doesn't ever run out. The money is probably going to grow over the, over the years, even though you're living ridiculous. You're, you're drinking champagne, taking bubble baths and champagne, caviar, you know, riding limos, buying limos, doing whatever. You go helicopter. There, it doesn't matter. So for a lot of these guys, these dot-com, you know, dot-com entrepreneurs, they end up living in the top 1%, the top 1% of the American lifestyle. That's where they're at. They can't run out of cash for like 4,000 years. That's the kind of money we're talking about. When you're talking about becoming a billionaire, that's the kind of money we're talking about. But you'd be kind of surprised what happened to some of these guys. So I want you guys to be thinking about that. We're talking about billionaires tonight. Why do you want to be a billionaire? That's the thing I want you to think about. Why do you want to be a billionaire? What's got you, what's got you doing what you do? And is being a billionaire all what it's cracked up to be? That's the question that I have for you guys tonight. So when we come back, we're going to be talking more about what happened to some of these billionaires. We're going to be talking more about where are they now? What could happen and things that you might need to consider as you're on your chase, as you're chasing down the billions and trying to become that billionaire. So stick with us. Make sure you call in if you want to talk to us about the topic. Call in here at the studio, 813-870-3700. We're standing by, ready for your call. If you're on Twitter or on the stream, you can put your questions in there. I'm monitoring that here. You can also use the hashtag, hashtag RWTD. You're rolling with the D. And I'll be back right after these messages. This break is brought to you by 1.0 Express, a Paul Mitchell Focus Salon and professional training salon. Are you a professional stylist who loves professional training? Or are you a salon owner who wants your stylist to receive the best professional training and become more well-rounded? Then you need to visit 1.0 Express, a professional training salon where we offer a variety of weekly mini classes and workshops that range in areas such as haircutting, hair coloring, hairstyling, and business building. 1.0 Express, a professional training salon. Visit us at www.thesalon1.net 
for our upcoming schedule of classes and workshops, or call us at 813-870-3700. That's 813-870-3700. One Point Express, a professional training salon for salon professionals who love professional training. We'll see you there. Your morning, your job, your activities throughout the day, they all take a toll on you. Then you have to do it all again, and again, and again. Sometimes you need an extra charge. Awake Energy Shots give your body the boost it needs when you can't afford a letdown. Take charge. Get Awake Energy Shots exclusively at shop.com. This break is brought to you by The Salon 1.0, a Paul Mitchell-focused salon with locations in Tampa, Florida and Oldsmar, Florida. Are you tired of the same old routine when you go to the salon? You know the one I'm talking about. You go into the salon, sit down, and the stylist says, what are you getting done? And then when you leave, you have a shorter version of the same thing you came in with. Then it's time to upgrade your salon experience and visit the Salon 1.0 near you. Our team of salon professionals are trained in the latest techniques in haircutting, hair coloring, and hair styling, and will offer you customized consultations with every visit. Enjoy our complimentary beverage bar and private shampoo room where you can sit back, relax, and enjoy a hot towel treatment, head massage, and hand massage with every visit. Come in and let one of our Paul Mitchell trained professionals create your new look. Visit us at www. Dot the salon one dot net to schedule your next reservation. That's www.thesalon1.net. You can also reach us in Tampa at 813-280-2953 or in Oldsmar at 813-854-4505. Visit the Salon 1.0 and let us show you what the salon experience is all about. Yeah. I wanna be a billionaire, so freaking I know, me too. Sing it, sing it, me too. How you guys doing out there? This is the billionaire show, rolling with the D. We're now rolling with the wanna be a billionaire so bad, live in the studio. How's it going, folks? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Sonny D. You're rolling with the D. Tonight, we are talking about billionaires, sharing a little story from my buddy Shane Snow, created this book. It's called Smart Cuts. It's a book about everything about what we talk about here at Rolling with the D. So think about the subjects that we talk about. The subjects we talk about, how hackers and innovators and icons accelerate success. So I just finished that book last week and came across some really cool information. Thought it'd be a great subject for tonight. So we're talking about billionaires, but I wanted to share something with you just to put it in perspective because I'm throwing out words here, millionaire, billionaire, millionaire, billionaire. But just to put it in perspective, I want you to think about this. If you had a million dollars in ones, a million dollars in ones, you know how long it would take you to count that? How long do you think, Batman? A long time. How long? An hour? Two hours? Three hours? And one dollar bills, how long? Maybe a week. Okay, a week. What you got, Jenna? I got a week over here. How long do you think? He said a week. 
an hour. Okay, so we got a week and an hour. So if you had a billion dollars and ones, how long do you think that would take? You said a week for a million. How long do you think for a billion? Five months. Five months. How long do you think? You said an uh, hour for a million. How long do you think for a billion? Ten. Ten what? Hour. Ten hours. All right, folks, check this out. Just so I can put it in perspective so you can understand. A millionaire versus a billionaire. If you had a million dollars in ones, Pat, man, you were really close. It would take you two weeks really? to count a million dollars in ones. Two weeks. Just to put it in perspective, how disconnected a millionaire and a billionaire are, how far apart, to count a billion ones, it would take you 31 years and eight months to count a billion and ones. That's counting one, two, for seconds. 31 years and eight months versus two weeks. So when you think about it, what kind of stupid money? Like when I was talking to you about a billionaire literally could buy a brand new luxury vehicle every day for the rest of their life and still have money left over. They could drink champagne, more, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eat caviar, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eat out. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get rid of this cash. So when you hear you know, people and you say, oh, so-and-so is a billionaire, when you look at like Warren Buffett, third richest person... Bill Gates, 52 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, our 30-year-old CEO, founder of Facebook, $30 billion man. Their, money is not their issue anymore. The issue is trying to find something to do because they can do anything, anything. So that's what we're talking about. So when we're talking about you want to be a billionaire, what does that mean? What is being a billionaire all about? And I want you to think about these things. So we're talking about what would happen. So after the dot-com bubble burst, right, you got all these people, some millionaires, then you got some billionaires that got that stupid money, can never get rid of it. No matter what they do, they could just drop money all over. You know, they could pay for everything that they go buy. Say you go to Starbucks every day. You get a coffee every day. You pay with 100 and you say, keep the change. You could do that every day for the rest of your life. And you still have ridiculous amount of money. Everything you buy, you could buy with 100 and say, keep the change. You buy a 99 cent nugget, here's 100, keep the change. It doesn't matter. That's the kind of money billionaires have. So what happens to these guys that are used to working 80, 90 hours a week on something, and then they hit it big and boom, now they're a billionaire. Well, here's the deal. 4,000 years, you can't run out of cash. One of the, one of the names that they're referred to you know, people who, who Bill Simmons, you know, when he's talking about a dot-com dot com entrepreneur, he referred to these people as, he would call them pajama rich. You know what pajama rich means? So rich that they can go to a five-star restaurant or they can sit courtside at the NBA game in their pajamas. That's how much money they got. That's called pajama rich. So they have so much money, they, they don't have anything to prove to anyone. So what happens when you get to that point? What do you do? What do you do? Now, here's the, here's the crazy thing. The strangest part about this, the thing that I kind of boggle my mind, when you're thinking about, man, if I had that money, I know some of you right now are probably like, man, that would solve every problem I have. I would have no worries. Oh, man, that raggedy car that I got, you know, I would trade, I would buy a brand new one, a 2015 model. I know how you're feeling, right? Oh, that little hole in the roof, oh, I'd fix that. I buy my mama a house. I do this. I do that. I buy all the new, the new Jordans. You do, yeah, you do all that, right? I have the, I had an iPhone 6 Plus in every color. Yeah, you do all that. 
But here's the strange part about this. With all of these billionaires, strange thing is, a bunch of them, a lot of them, actually get totally depressed. Totally depressed. Now, what happened? You just went from debt and desperation to peace and prosperity and having stupid pajama money. What happened? So now, here's what I want you to think about. Have you ever seen, you know, one of the things that... that that I was reading here is about the Olympic, the Olympic rings at the playground, right? For the jungle gym, you know, the short ones, you know, and what you have to do is you have to swing from the one ring you get, you build up the momentum like a pendulum, right? And you swing to grab the next one. And then you swing again, grab the next one, right? You've done it. You, monkey bars, monkey bars, right? So you're swinging, boom, boom. Now here, here's the thing. What happens if you hold on to the one monkey bar too long? What do you lose? You lose that momentum. You lose the swing. And it's hard to build up any speed to try to swing to the next one. You got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. And that's what happens to a lot of these guys. So if you think about that, what is that? We're talking about one of Isaac Newton's laws of motion, right? Isaac Newton's law of motion. An object in motion tends to stay in motion unless it's met by an unstoppable, you know, an an immovable force. Boom. Boom. So what happens with these guys? You know, they start swinging, just like you and me. We start swinging and we start crushing it. And we have, but then if we stop swinging or we slow down and we lose the momentum, that's what happens with the sudden success that these billionaires that were created happens. You know, because they lost that. And it's like, what do they need? You need somebody to help either lift you, get you swinging again. You know, if you get stuck, you know, on that one monkey bar, what do you get? You just hang there. You know, for a little kid, they just hang there and then they start screaming. You know, damn, mom. They start screaming at somebody like to help them, you know, because they, they, can't, they can't get their body going anymore. They lose the momentum. So that's what happened with a lot of these guys. Financial planners say that this is why suddenly and surprisingly a high percentage of the rapidly wealthy get depressed. Therapist Manfred Ketz DeVries once put it in, this, in an interview with The Telegraph. He said, when money is available... In near limitless quantities, the victim sinks into a kind of inertia. Wait, whoa, 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 right? This is what, and when James is saying the same thing, like, whoa, wait, whoa, victim? So these guys are victims, right? The pajama guys are victims? How's that? But when you think about it, you don't feel sorry for them, right? You can't feel sorry for them. But what happened to them? Life stopped moving forward. Life stopped moving. When business people cash out big. So that's when you start to think about, if you go back a couple episodes, we're talking about goals. You know, if your goal is to get to the cash out and you want to cash out big, life starts moving so nice and you're just boom and you get to the cash out, cash out big, what happens? Momentum's been building and building and building and building and then all of a sudden it's over. All of a sudden, it's over. All the champagne is gone, and there's this feeling, you know, this, this feeling of almost an emptiness that sets in on a lot of these guys. You know, it's like when that happens, it's like the beams of a house, you know, they just, they just go away. And what happens is you, you, that, that emptiness sets in, and then they get depressed. I was reading, I'm like thinking as I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah. This is true. 
This is true. Now, granted, right, I'm, I'm the same way. I know you got money problems. You know a billionaire would take care of a billion dollars. How quickly would that take care of your money problems? You know, you start making your list right now if you got a billion dollars. What you would do, it'd solve your money problems. But looking at, however, studies show that the wealthy, especially those who fall into it through inheritance or the lottery or the sale of a business, are often not happier once they're rich. A meaningful percentage of them believe that their wealth causes more problems than it solves. Whoa. Whoa. Causes more problems than it solves. So what's up with that? So here, now, as I, as I started to read on, you know, it started talking about a couple of cool stories. I thought this was pretty interesting. So if you, if you, if you want to get really depressed about success, look at, you know, what happens to in the 60s and 70s, you guys remember there was a heroic astronaut named Buzz Aldrin, the second man to set foot on the moon, return home from his historic Apollo 11 mission. What happened after that? He became an alcoholic, got severely depressed. His life just completely just unraveled. He burned through three marriages, wrote two memoirs about his misery. What happened? Neil Armstrong, remember that guy? The man who stepped out of Apollo 11 just ahead of Aldrin? He spent his next few decades figuring out what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. He taught a few classes, some small universities, quit unexpectedly. He consulted a little bit for NASA, some other random companies. He did some commercials for Chrysler. He quit everything. He quit all those things. Mostly, he just hid. He hid from autograph seekers. He sued companies for using his name in ads. What happened? You know, they were, they were, there were like a lot of things that happened. There were a bunch of fact, things that factored in. But these post-moonwalk, you know, post-moonwalk slumps, as they're called, what do you do after that? You just walked on the moon. That's, I mean, that's like, boom, you hit it. You hit the highest you could hit. You know, what do you do after that? What do you do? You just walked on the moon. How do you top that? How do you top that? And that's what happens to a lot of these billionaires. You know, they hit that. Just like billionaires, they get to the top. The momentum of the job, the momentum of the, the chase, the thrill, the building of the business, it stops. And then they turn into that, that stuck kid on the monkey bars. You know, that's the same thing. So now, as I was looking at this, it was interesting to, to find out. It's the same reason that only one-third of Americans are reporting that they're happy at their job. One-third. Are you one of that one-third? Are you happy at your job? Whenever there's no momentum, whenever there's no progress in your career, or your relationship, or your business, whenever you're, and I say this to my team all the time at the Salon 1.0, if you're not growing, you're dying. You get two options. You grow or you die. There's no stable and waiting. There's no, eh, I'm just kind of feeling it out. There's no, uh, I'm comfortable. No, you're not. You're growing or you're dying. And that's what happens. When these guys, the momentum stops, they get depressed. There's nothing else. They're not, there's nothing to chase. Because they got the billion, now what do I do? 
So as I was looking at this, it's just like Isaac Newton, and he says, he points out, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. So when you lose the momentum, you become stagnant. You don't move forward. You don't go for it. So you want to avoid that, don't you? You want to avoid the depression. You want to avoid the dead-end job, the lack of momentum, you know, that, that fuels the depression. So you have to think about what you're doing. What is your purpose? You know, I was talking to one of my team members today about this. Because when you're moving forward and you're constantly moving forward, you don't know maybe exactly what that purpose is. So you're getting something that we call small wins, these small victories. And as I was reading, the Harvard Business School professor, Teresa Amabel, took on this question in the mid-2000s in a research study of white-collar employees. So what she did, she tasked 238 pencil pushers in various industries to keep daily work diaries. The workers answered open-ended questions about how they felt what events in their days stood out. Amabile and her fellow researchers then dissected the 12,000 resulting entries searching for patterns in what affects people's inner work lives the most dramatically. The answer, it turned it, was simply, guess what? What do you think the answer was? What affected them? It wasn't money. It was progress. A sense of forward motion, regardless of how small. So even if you, you just, today, your, your goal or your business or your relationship, your life, it just took one step forward, it's progress. And that's what we're after. And that's interesting. I thought it was really interesting. So Amabile found that minor victories at work were nearly as psychologically powerful as major breakthroughs. To motivate stuck employees, as Amabile and her colleagues, Stephen J. Kramer, suggest in their book called The Progress Principle, businesses need to help their workers experience lots of tiny wins. And that's what we do. That's what I want you guys to think about. If you're, in, if you're in a position where you're leading people, you have a company, or you're part of a company, you go for those tiny wins, those small wins. That's how you keep the progress going. So when you think about it and you're trying to motivate yourself, you're trying to look at what happened with these billionaires and these astronauts. You know, they got the big win. They got the big high. They got to the big top. And then they got in the funk. And one of the researchers said to get out of the funk, says Joan DeFuria and Stephen Goldbarb, co-founders of Money, Meaning, and Choices Institute, depressed successes simply have to start over. They have to start over. So this is why so many people who don't need more money still create new businesses. Think about that. Richard Branson, you think he's, he's trying to get rich still? You know, one of my mentors that owns Paul Mitchell, John Paul DeJoria, just started a new business, Rock Mobile. Do you think he did it because he's trying to make money? He's a billionaire. He's got four to six billion net worth. Remember how, what I said, one billion, 31 years to count it out. So you think they're doing it because they want, no. It's why, it's, it's, that's what they're doing because they don't want to lose the momentum. You know, so they're looking at that. They're looking at how they're going to take that success and 
moving into maybe philanthropy. What do you think Bill Gates is running around trying to cure malaria for? Him and his wife, Melinda. Because they, cause they, they don't want to become stagnant. That's their new business. Their goal is to give all their money away before they die. Think about that. And a lot of billionaires, I mean, like Groupon's Andrew Mason, Microsoft's Paul Allen, they started bands even. You know, and their subsequent endeavors, even though they're small, they can still keep depression at bay. So you need to look for small wins, guys. You need to look for things that you're going to do to keep moving the needle, keep moving the needle so you don't get in a slump, so you don't get in that, that point of stagnation. So you keep the momentum going. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about a couple other things that you can do to create what we call small wins. We're talking about billionaires, depressed billionaires. I thought if I had a billion dollars, all my problems would be solved. And I was listening to Bruno, and he's talking about him wanting to be a billionaire so freaking bad so he can have the life that he never had. But that doesn't sound like much of a life if you lose your momentum. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple other things that you can do to help on your journey to become a billionaire. So you're rolling with the D. Make sure you're using the hashtag RWTD. Make sure you're calling in here at the studio. The number is 813-870-3700. You're rolling with the D, and I'll be back after these messages. Who wants to be a billionaire? This break is brought to you by The Salon 1.0, a Paul Mitchell-focused salon with locations in Tampa, Florida and Oldsmar, Florida. Are you tired of the same old routine when you go to the salon? You know the one I'm talking about. You go into the salon, sit down, and the stylist says, what are you getting done? And then when you leave, you have a shorter version of the same thing you came in with. Then it's time to upgrade your salon experience and visit the Salon 1.0 near you. Our team of salon professionals are trained in the latest techniques in haircutting, hair coloring, and hairstyling, and will offer you customized consultations with every visit. Enjoy our complimentary beverage bar and private shampoo room where you can sit back, relax, and enjoy a hot towel treatment, head massage, and hand massage with every visit. Come in and let one of our Paul Mitchell trained professionals create your new look. Visit us at www dot the salon one dot net to schedule your next reservation that's www dot the salon one dot net you can also reach us in tampa at 813-280-2953 or in oldsmar at 813-854-4505 visit the salon 1.0 and let us show you what the salon experience is all about this break is brought to you by Dilution Co. Are you ready to simplify your life with modern, real-time accounting? Then you're going to want to visit Michael and the team at Dilution Co. They offer a variety of services from accounting, bookkeeping, taxes, tax planning, and financial planning for individuals and businesses to help save you time and money. They utilize the latest innovations in cloud-based technology to really help you grow your business and they can adapt to any platform. They are truly accountants for the digital age and will keep you up to date with the latest strategies and solutions. Get in touch with Dilution Co. at DilutionCo.com, also at 813-252-0-TAX. That's 813-252-0-TAX. Dilution Co. Simplify your life with modern, real-time accounting. 
Yes, you are back in the place to be. You're rolling with the D. Tonight, you know what it is. That's right. The world better prepare. Are you going to be a billionaire? Are you one of are you one of the next billionaires? You know, that's actually not the not the only version of that song. I bet a lot of you guys haven't even haven't even heard this version before. This is actually I want to be a billionaire by Dick Wagner. Let me know if you even heard this before. Yeah, that's Dick Wagner. It's off uh, his album. is called Home at Last. I want to be a billionaire. That's where we're at tonight, folks. We are talking about billionaires. Now, on that same topic, you guys remember there was a there was an actor. He was in um, the Breakfast Club. Uh, was his name? Bad Boy in the Breakfast Club. Judd Nelson. Yeah. Judd Nelson. Yeah. He was in another movie that you can find if you look on maybe Netflix or online. But it's called the B- the Billionaire Boys Club. And there's some really some interesting scenes out of that movie. But it just it goes into that whole lifestyle, so you can get an idea while you're on your route. But tonight we're talking about billionaires. We're talking about the sad part about being a billionaire that happens to a lot of billionaires, they become extremely depressed because it's like they climb the mountain and then when they get to the top, there's, no, there's nowhere else to go. They get to that, that peak and they're like, now what? What's next? You know, and I was sharing some of, the, some of the stories about some of our historical figures, you know, guys like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong who you know, walked on the moon and then after that, I mean, what do you, how do you top that? And they ended up depressed, and they ended up in situations where they were just, you know, they didn't, they didn't know what they were going to do. They were, you know, alcoholics, failed marriages, failed business attempts, and just kind of re- became recluse and hid. That's what could happen. So how do you keep going? And then as I was reading one of the books I just, I just read recently, by a guy named Shane Snow. We're going to get him on here. He wrote a book called Smart Cuts, and it's how hackers, innovators, and icons accelerate success. And he was sharing these stories that I'm sharing with you guys, and then some of the ways around it. So in some of the psychologists you know, that from the University of Michigan, uh, Carl Weick of the University of Michigan, he calls small wins. And the big thing is that the billionaires, what you have to do, guys, when you're hitting these, these little success levels, it's not about doing something bigger or better to be happy. What it's about is to keep, just keep moving, keeping the momentum going. And what Carl said is he said it's small wins. A small win is a concrete, complete, implemented outcome of moderate importance. But he wrote that in a seminal paper for American psychologists in 1984. He said, once a small win has been accomplished, forces are set in motion that favor another small win. And that's what we're talking about. A little bit of momentum. You just go. You remember there's a story about a little 
engine that could. Everybody knows about that. And what did he do? Chuck-a-luck, chuck-a-luck, chuck And he just kept going. Chuck-a-luck, chuck-a-luck, chuck And he just kept going. He's a little engine that could. And what did he do? He kept chuck And he made it over the mountain. Little wins, small wins. And that's what they talked about. Now, not every, not every astronaut struggled post-space like Buzz did. Earth orbiter John Glenn went into politics. Alan Shepard, America's first, America's first man in space. And the fifth to stand on the moon became a successful businessman. Alan Bean, who moonwalked in the Apollo 12 mission, became a painter. Apollo 15, James Irwin found fulfillment in helping others as a minister, Right? Each of those guys, they parlayed their momentum into something that kept the wheels moving, kept life happening for them. So as you guys are moving forward, you got to be thinking about that. So maybe you're that person. If you're struggling from lack of momentum, discouragement, you know, it comes in part from being uh, from a feeling of lack of control, lack of control. So when you look at these small wins, what is something that you could do right now? A small win, something that you have control over. And we talked a lot about that yesterday in the, in the show that we, that we did about being responsible. Small wins, something that you can do that you have control over. A small opportunity that you can get some visible results. You know, whether it's making money, losing weight, starting a business. I had a small win today. You know, in my entire company, it looked like a big win. But I went, you know, I was talking to some people at a business meeting. It was a small win. But that propelled me to go another day, to fight another day, to be ready to take on another day. And it's only Thursday. And so now I got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to collect some more wins, to keep me going, to keep me going. So I want you guys to be thinking about what are some small, controllable opportunities that you can get some results in, small wins, and that's what's going to help you guys start feeling better. I don't want you to be, I want you to be a billionaire, but I don't want you to be a depressed billionaire. So that's really what we're talking about tonight. I hope you guys were digging that. Make sure you go out, check out that book, Smart Cuts, How Hackers and Innovators and Icons Accelerate Success by my buddy Shane Snow. Incredible read, great content, great information. So I wanted to, you know, kind of come in for a landing here. I wanted to kind of go through a list of billionaires. And most of these guys, you're going to recognize them as soon as you see them. But the cool thing I found that, you know, we, we all think, well, I got to be born with a silver spoon in my mouth. How am I ever going to stack up that much paper? These guys all had an advantage, some kind of upper hand, this or that. Well, the truth is that this list, and I'm going to show you 15 billionaires who were once dirt poor. We're talking poor, 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 poor. Nothing, not two nickels to rub together. And you'd be surprised when you, when you see this, this list of people that we've got, you know, lined up here. Dirt poor, dirt poor. So let's go through the list here. First one, boom. You know this guy? Who's this guy? Yep, most of you guys are probably like, oh yeah, I've seen him somewhere before. I, I've seen him, I'm not exactly sure where, but you know, I know, I, I know I've seen him. Who is that? You know who that is? Mr. Bentley. <laughs> we got Bentley behind him. Mr. Bentley. No, it's not Mr. Bentley. Know. You know who that is, John? Famous, iconic clothing brand involves a horse, polo. polo. There you go, Ralph Lauren. So that's, that's Ralph Lauren. So his story, he was once a clerk at the Brook Brothers 
store, dreaming of men's ties. That's kind of where he started. He graduated high school in the Bronx, New York, dropped out of college, joined the army. You know, then while he was working as a clerk, he questioned whether men were ready for wider and brighter designs and ties. And then the year he decided to make his dream reality was 1967. He sold $500,000 worth of ties, and then he started polo the next year. Currently, his net worth, $7.7 billion. That's Mr. Ralph Lauren. That's what I'm talking about. Got another one for you. What about this guy? Anybody know who that guy is? <laughs> they didn't give him his best. Uh, he, should, he took a selfie or something on that one. Like, hey, we need a picture of you. This guy, he's an investor. His name is <clears throat> Ken Langone. His parents worked as a plumber and a cafeteria worker. To help pay for his school at Bucknell University, he worked odd jobs as his parents you know, mortgaged their home to pay for this guy's school. And then in 68, uh, he got to work with a guy with the big ears that ran back in the, polit politic, uh, the political race, Ross Perot. You know, he got to work with him and he took uh, to take electronic data systems public. And then two years later, he partnered with Bernard Marcus, and he started a little company you might have heard of called Home Depot, which also went public in 1981. His current worth, net worth, $2.1 billion. He's killing it. He's killing it. Let's see. What about, what about, I want to give him away. Hold on a sec. What about this person? Everybody ever heard of her? No. Oprah. Oprah Winfrey, what happened? What's her story? She's born into poverty. Born into poverty. You know, she was, I know she was sexually assaulted when she was a teenager, became impregnated. You know, she went from there. She became the first African-American TV correspondent in Nashville. You know, born in a poor family, Mississippi. You know, won a scholarship, went to Tennessee State University. And at the age of 19, becomes the first African-American TV correspondent. 83, she moved to Chicago. She worked for an AM talk show, doing a little bit of this kind of work. And then later, the show became the Oprah Winfrey Show. Now she got her own network. She's killing it, changing lives, really giving back. Worth $2.9 billion. Not too shabby. Let's see who we got next. Oh, my man. Let's go back here. What about, what about this guy? This guy, you know it. You see him. He's got his product. He's a marketer. He's a brander. He's got his product in the picture. That's Howard Schultz, Starbucks. He grew up in a housing complex, poor housing complex. You know, he grew up, he said he always felt like he was living on the other side of the tracks. And he said he knew people, you know, on the other side, had more resources and more money. They were happier. And for some reason, he said, I don't know why or how I wanted to climb over the fence and achieve something beyond what people were saying was possible. He said, I may have a suit and a tie on now, but I know where I'm from and I know what it's like. So he ended up <clears throat> winning a football scholarship. So that's how he got out of poverty. He won a football scholarship, went to the University of North Michigan. He went to work for a company called Xerox after he graduated. And then shortly after that, he took over a coffee shop called Starbucks. And then, which at the time, it only had 60 shops. 
Then he became the company's CEO in 1987 and grew the coffee chain to more than 16,000 outlets worldwide. Net worth, $2 billion. Not too bad for some coffee beans. Not too bad for some coffee beans. We got next. We already have my man there. How about this guy? Anybody know about this guy? Let's take a look at him. Boom. This guy, at one time, he was a dishwasher. He was working for a dollar and 20 cents an hour. He was about to become a billionaire from washing those dishes. Now he's one of the richest people in the world. But when he came, his name is Shahid Khan. When he came to the U.S. from Pakistan, he worked as a dishwasher while he was at the University of Illinois. Now, what does he do? He owns Flex and Gate, one of the largest private companies in the United States. And he owns the NFL Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. And a Premier League soccer club called Fulham. He's killing it. So my man, net worth? $3.8 billion. He got three of those things. 3.8 of them to be exact. Who do we have here? Let's see if anybody knows who this guy is. Guy's name is Kenny Trout. Kenny Trout. Guy over here with the... This guy with the hat. I think it's this guy with the hat on the other side. So where's Kenny Trout? He's the founder of XL Communications. He paid his way through college by selling life insurance, right? His dad was a bartender, paid his own tuition at Southern Illinois University. He made most of his money from the phone company XL Communications he founded in 1988. And then he took it public in 1996. Two years later, he merged his company with Teleglobe in a $3.5 billion deal. And he's now retired and he invests heavily in racehorses. There he is. And that's how he took, he took that momentum and put it in another passion, racehorses. And there he is winning, winning a cup. Net worth, $1.7 billion. Not too bad. Not too bad. Some characters for you guys. Here we go. What about this guy? Anybody recognize this guy? Oh, no. This guy is a mega resort owner. His name is Kirk Kirkorian. Kirkorian. He was a high school, he was an eighth grade middle school, I guess that would be dropout. He dropped out in eighth grade and became a boxer. So to financially help his American immigrant family, as he's boxing, he's out there, he became known as the Rifle Right Kirkorian. And then during World War II, he worked for Britain's Royal Air Force, and he eventually turned his interest to constructing many of Las Vegas' biggest resorts and hotels. So he's a mega resort owner. Net worth, $3.9 billion. Not too bad for an eighth grade dropout. Not too bad. What about this guy? Oh, my man, 50 grand. (laughs) There he is. John Paul DeJoria, you know, as a, as a Paul Mitchell Focus Salon owner, I was, awesome. I was so excited when I saw him on this, on this list of dirt poor, started from dirt poor. John Paul DeJoria, the man behind the hair care empire, John Paul Mitchell Systems. Also, one of his other businesses, I did tell you about Rock Mobile. That's his latest business. He just started at seven years old. But 
He also has another business in between Paul Mitchell and in between Rock Mobile called Patron Tequila. You might have heard of it. The number one premium tequila on the market. He once lived in a foster home and he lived in his car before, you know, with his son. And before the age of 10, you know, he's a first generation American. He sold Christmas cards and newspapers to help support his family. And then when he was in the foster home, he spent some time in a gang, ended up going into the military. And that was kind of his start. $700 loan, him and Paul Mitchell created John Paul Mitchell Hair Care Systems. And they went door to door hustling shampoo. Hustling shampoo door to door while living in his car. And he started Patron Tequila and other in industries that he now invests in. Net worth, $4 billion. He's got four of those things. Dang. What about this guy? Right? Who's this guy? Ladies, you should know about this. It's one of the hottest women's clothing stores. Young ladies, I should say. Most of the, a lot of our, our staff members, our younger female staff demographic, they shop there because they're forever trying to be 21. That's right. Forever 21. So he's a founder. His name is Dowan Chang. He worked as a janitor, gas station attendant, and in a coffee shop when he first got to America. So his husband is a husband and wife team, him and his wife, Jin Suk, they, they're behind the brand Forever 21. So when they moved to America from Korea, they worked three different jobs trying to make it, make it happen. They started their first store in 1984. So Forever 21, if you don't know it by now, you will. It's international, 480 store empire, and it rakes in around a cool $3 billion a year in sales. Janitor, dishwasher, barista. Net worth, $5 billion. I'm showing you this list, guys, so you can see anything is possible. If you were born in America and you got my man Do Wan Chang, a janitor, dishwasher, coming over here, cool. Come on, guys. Let's do this. No excuses. What about this next person? You might... You might uh, Seeing this next person, got a few more for you. Let's see, already went on my man there. There we go. Anybody know about him? Luxury goods. You may have you may have uh, seen some of the logos from some of the brands that he owns. So he's the face of fashion. He's a, he owns a conglomerate called Caring, formerly PPR, but at one time he had to quit high school because he was teased. So he quit. And he, and he was teased because he was poor. He was bullied. And then as a businessman, he became known as a predator. <laughs> His predator tactic, which includes buying smaller firms for a fraction of the cost when the market crashed. That's what he was doing. And then he started PPR. And they own high-end houses such as Gucci, Stella McCartney, Alexander McQueen, and Yves Saint Laurent. So he went from being bullied for being poor in 1974 to killing it. Net worth, $15 billion. Dang. $15 billion. He looks like a killer, too. Look at him. Killing it. It's awesome. What about this guy? This guy you may have heard of. His name is Leonardo Del Vecchio. He grew up in an orphanage, and he later worked in a factory where he lost part of his finger. What happened from there? He's one of five children who eventually went to an orphanage because his widow mother couldn't care for him. At the age of 23, he opened his own molding shop, which expanded to become the world's largest maker of sunglasses. 
Maybe you've heard of some of these brands that he owns called Ray-Ban or Oakley. Ever heard of them? Everybody got some Ray-Bans or wannabe Ray-Bans, but that's the man behind the story. That's the man behind the story. Current net worth, $15.3 billion. He don't look too depressed to me. He looks pretty damn happy. All right. What about this guy? He's been in a lot of news in the past couple of years. He's a legendary trader. His name is George Soros. He survived the Nazi occupation of Hungary, and he arrived in London as an impoverished college student. In his early teens, he posed as a godson of an employee of the Hungarian Ministry of Agriculture in order to stay safe from the Nazi occupation of Hungary. In 47, he escaped the country to live with his relatives in London. He put himself through the London School of Economics, working as a waiter and a railway porter. After graduating, he worked at a souvenir shop before getting a job as a banker in New York City, the big city. And in 1992, his famous bet against the British pound made him a slick billion dollars. Yeah. So he's a trader. He's up on that stock market doing his thing. You know what his net worth is? $20 billion. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And what about this guy? Anybody seen this guy before? His name is Ka Xing. So he fled out of mainland China for Hong Kong in the 40s. His father died when he was 15, leaving Kaohsiung responsible for supporting the family. And then in the 50s, he started his own company, Chong Kong Industries, which manufactured plastics at first, but would later expand into real estate. Now we're getting into some sick, sick money. Li Kaohsiung, net worth? How much do you think? $31 billion. Coming in for a landing. Harold Simmons. Anybody hear of this guy? You might have heard of him. You might have heard of him. So he's one of the richest people in the world, but he grew up in a shack without plumbing or electricity. He managed to get accepted to the University of Texas where he earned a bachelor's in economics. He got his first big break buying a chain of drugstores, which he would later sell for 50 Million, and then he went on to become an expert in corporate buyouts. Unfortunately, he recently passed away at the age of 82 years old. Know what his net worth? 40 billion dollars. And this guy, everybody's been touched by this guy. He created this cool little company called Oracle. The man's name is Larry Ellison. He was a college dropout, mother died. After his mother died, he held odd jobs for eight years, Brooklyn, New York. After that, he looked at moving to California and then worked a bunch of jobs. And then he founded a software company called Oracle in 1977, which is now one of the world's largest technology companies. So as you guys are looking at all these people, what, did you, what do you think? You guys think you got a shot? You think you got a chance at hitting it big? I want you to think about this, guys. These people started from dirt poor. The ones that are still going, they're still moving. You got to build momentum. 
You don't want to hit it and then forget it. You want to build it, keep moving, keep moving forward. You hit the top, you hit the mountaintop, hit the peak, move on to the next one. Small wins, small wins is what it's going to take. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Rolling with the D. I know I did. I learned a lot by just researching, going through all this material about billionaires. I want you to be a billionaire so freaking bad. But when you become a billionaire, I don't want you to be so freaking sad. I want you to be moving forward in, in a direction. Keep the momentum going. You've been rolling with a D. Tomorrow night, Halloween, what are you going to dress up as? If you're coming online tomorrow night, come in costume. Take some pictures. Tweet them, post it on Facebook, use your hashtag. The whole studio is going to be dressed up tomorrow, so you never know who you're going to see on on camera. We might have all kinds of goblins and ghouls coming through at the Studio 1.0. So until tomorrow night, hope you guys are staying safe. This is Devil's Night. Be careful out there. A lot of little mischief going on. Keep working on your dream. Keep working on your empire because I want you to be a billionaire. And I can't wait to hear about your victories. Thanks for tuning in. We've been rolling with the D. And I will see you tomorrow night.